From beach towels to tea towels, and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live. You're listening to Digging Deeper with D.D. Denslow on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Uh, welcome back to TNT Radio. You're here with me, D.D. Denslow. You've just spent the last few hours uh, listening to Lembit and going on uh, what I've just seen in the live chat. It was a, a very well-received show. Uh, what have I got on for you today over the next two hours with me? Uh, the last live voice on TNT this week. First up, she's going to be joining me in just a few moments, maybe a couple of minutes. Uh, I've got Jada Franson with me. Jada is the leader of the British Freedom Party, uh, a very outspoken individual on issues such as uh, immigration, grooming gangs, the global elite, and very, very recently, and I have to say, uh, to my surprise, and I hope you don't take offense to that, Jada, Gaza, which is where we will be going to uh, when we start our conversation. And then coming up at 1 p.m., he is actually one of the first guests that I ever spoke to here on TNT Radio uh, all the way back in the summer of 2022. Stephen Ferry uh, is joining me. Stephen is a, a, an entrepreneur. Uh, he runs the um, ooh, uh, Defending Humanity uh, website. He is also a member of the Global Academy of Modern Butlers. He's also got a really, really cool moustache. Uh, so I'm really, really looking forward to coming uh, for him coming on uh, and to discuss with me uh, I'm just going to sum up in, in, in a couple of words what our conversation is going to be about today, both of them. It's about uh, revolution. Do we need an external revolution? We've got elections coming up. We've got wars. We've got COVID that we need to deal with. It still hasn't been resolved. Or do actually all of us internally, individually, need a revolution inside of here first? before we can actually realize the revolution that we need politically in the external world. Uh, so that's going to sum up uh, the topic uh, of the conversation today. And I suspect both of my guests are going to have very sort of different views and different angles on this particular sort of framework uh, for our discussion. Uh, TNT, I'm just going to bring this up. Uh, TNT is an independent global news talk station that does what others only say they do. TNT is a live radio and TV broadcaster that simply tells the truth 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Rumble. You can find us on the TNTradio.live website. Uh, there's plenty on that website where you can listen to us live. You can join in with the live chat. There is merch that you can buy. Uh, what you need to do is tell everybody else. Uh, about TNT Radio. Um, in two and a half years, TNT has become a credible and exciting platform with brilliant hosts and staff. It's a critical time and we must continue to call out the misinformation and propaganda. And I'm going to give you an example of misinformation and propaganda in just a moment uh, from mainstream media and their powerful sponsors and the political class, probably the biggest source uh, of misinformation on the planet right now. Uh, we are now appealing to our many friends and supporters around the world to go to tntradio.live and make a small donation to TNT while we seek the right investors to continue our important mission. And very quickly, uh, before I go to Jada, and maybe we can, we can start our conversation uh, right here, and that is the recent announcement by the Office of National Statistics, the ONS here in the UK, with regards to them changing their uh, excess death uh, methodology. 
or uh, to the layman that's listening, they've reinvented counting, which is quite good, quite convenient. I hope that's passed down uh, through the education system. And now, uh, last year, there were almost no excess deaths. That's great. They've solved the excess death problem. In fact, since 2020, uh, they have they have decided that most of the excess deaths didn't happen. In fact, they have reduced excess deaths in 2023 by nearly 20 thousand deaths in 2020 they reduced it by five thousand deaths in 2019 according to their latest methodology 40,000 extra deaths didn't happen and what are we going to do about it i suspect the public who are sitting including the guys that everyone who's listening right now we're going to do nothing about it we're just going to let it carry on and in a couple of years time when we look back with our goldfish memories we're going to forget about all the excess deaths that happened in 2023 in 2022 and 2021 and we'll be reporting and commenting on their latest reinvented version of excess deaths where they've used a completely different system of counting now there are some statistical people out there some maths bods whose maths is far better than mine, who are having a look at the equations and they've used a load of calculus and differentiation and all the rest of it to try and obscure what they've done in this new reinvention of counting that the ONS have come up with. Uh, so hopefully there are still some statistical people out there who might be able to uncover what they've done. But what I will say is every record rewritten, every street renamed, uh, every book changed we are almost certainly in orwellian times uh, and maybe and i'm going to bring you into the show now uh jada uh, you're looking very 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 nice with your fire in the background it's a great background you've got there how are you and welcome to the show i'm very well thank you for having me on and uh yeah everything i'm listening to what you're saying and i'm hoping that it's stirring people into some kind of action because it has to right it has to you would think so. You'd think that, you know, the average person who goes, oh, they've, they've, oh, the average person surely isn't sitting there going, that makes sense. That seems like a reasonable thing that they should do with the 56, 60,000 extra deaths that they had last year. In fact, there have been more extra deaths since 2021 than there were civilian deaths in the UK during the Second World War. They've just vanished. That's great, isn't it? Uh, it's the problem well solved. We don't have to discuss it anymore. It's not the first time, actually, that they've just reinvented uh, counting because we've seen a few other examples that came to mind when you were talking. And the first of which, the most obvious of which, um, is when they reinvented counting for how many genders there are. Um, that was interesting because oh, yeah. you know, yeah. up until very recently, there were two. And now I think there's 80 odd and plus I'm probably a total bigot for saying that there's only 80 odd. There's probably 80 odd times 80 odd. But, well, you know. We'll, we'll, we'll skip that one. And another one that Can't they like to manipulate, more stats they like to manipulate, is when they release the stats for immigration into the UK. So they say that uh -huh. immigration into the UK, 1.2 million people, right? That's bad enough. But actually, it was 1.2 million visas, and each visa can hold up to 12 people. Um, and so they do like to do this kind of manipulation. But like you say, the goldfish memories of the general public, and I mean no, I mean no harm to people when I say that, but we need to take on board that we are living in a society where we're being bombarded with information and we're not taking in what's important. We'll have forgotten it. It'll just be gone. Well, mm -hmm. unless you and I keep badgering people to remember. Mm -hmm. yeah, but the problem is, 
in three years, it, say it's 2030, the world government is about to be put upon us. Uh, and we go, oh, remember all those excess deaths, look at all the people that they've killed. And, and the average person will go, you're crazy. I've got ONS stats here. They never lie. They're independent of the government. And they said that hasn't happened. Look, they've got it all recorded here. Uh, I mean, going on their methodology, um, the pandemic of 2020, those early days, They've have no choice, but they will have no choice but to reduce the numbers of deaths. And again, nobody's going to say anything. It's the same with the immigration statistics that come out. Nobody's as much as we're all we're all banging on about it, but we don't actually do anything about it, uh, uh, Jada. Which is really sort of what I was saying about revolution externally and internally being the context uh, of our conversation. Uh, you brought up immigration, so let's start there. Get the ball rolling, Jada. Uh, where are you with immigration? Have you had a slightly change of heart with the issues going on with Gaza? Um, I'll chuck the ball over to you. So I'm, I'm exactly where I've always been with immigration, which is that I don't want any of it into the UK. Um, the UK is it's just a, a melting pot, and it's this it's a, it's a, an agenda that we know has been forced upon us. And now the funny thing is, um, I was thrown in jail for saying, for talking out, uh, speaking out against immigration, mass immigration and multiculturalism, saying that they don't work. And I'm, I'm saying this from a Christian perspective. I'm, I'm a Christian and, and, and my faith is a nationalist faith. God is a nationalist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he gifted mm -hmm. respected nations to respected peoples. And when we saw a, an, an attempt at like a globalist utopia at the Tower of Babel, we saw how that ended. The people were dispersed. So it's not something that's, it's not biblical. This mess that we're in isn't biblical. Um, in terms of my stance on Gaza, that has never changed. <laughs> that has never changed in that from the day I read the reports. I remember waking up in the morning, reading the reports that this had happened. Hamas had gone into um, occupied Palestine, which they're, they're calling Israel. Um, and there had been this attack and it was just unprovoked and we just can't understand it. And this is the worst terrorist attack that we've ever experienced. And immediately, immediately to my um, to, much to the disgust of many of my supporters, um, I came out and said, not only is this farcical because it's not it's not possible that this this event was orchestrated and planned and and actually they would have had to do some like some trial runs of paragliding <laughs> into yeah, the kibbutz yeah. right and rolling in in tractors and all of that and, and bikes right so the most manned border in the world the most surveilled piece of land in the world you're telling me that this happened unnoticed so first of all that was the thing that i pointed out to people is look this this is a psyop. This is a false flag of salt. I'm not saying that it didn't happen, but I'm saying that mm -hmm. Israel knew it was happening. And we've seen now mm -hmm. that Israel knew. Um, but moreover, the, the narrative that I absolutely from the get-go ensured that the, the right wing, right wing, have been completely um brainwashed with this Zionist ideology that I, basically everything's fine apart from Islam. Um, I just wanted to put it on record from the beginning that this was not an unprovoked attack this was not an unforeseen attack if you if you kettle people into a concentration camp and you abuse them and dehumanize them and just strip them of every single right and and any every shred of humanity for 75 years something's going to break and it did and um and i, I will say that i'm probably best known for those people who do recognize me for my activism in the kind of counter jihad movement. Yeah. And I will say this, right. There was a long period of time when I didn't really fully understand my background is in law. 
and business. I had nothing to do with politics until I was in my early 20s. And I went into politics as an activist. And it was against mass immigration, the Islamification of the UK. But I was also speaking out uh, about other issues like, you know, the erosion of Christianity and the LGBTQPZ plus agenda, all of mm-hmm. that. Um, so, but when I came into the the activist kind of arena, it was very much focusing on the Islamification of the UK because at the time, people didn't really realise that there were no-go zones. And I remember President Trump saying, there are no-go zones in the UK. And the British media said, he's a liar, this is ridiculous. So I just picked up a cross and said, well, I'm just going to walk through one of these and we'll see what happens. I'll film it mm-hmm. and I'll show you. And so, but at that time, and I, I, we have to be humble. I think we always have to remember, like, we have to be humble. I, I Honestly, at that time, I didn't fully understand, we're talking maybe 10, 15 years ago, I didn't fully yeah. understand that the agenda behind all of this, the, the agenda behind the immigration into the United Kingdom and into Europe, into the West, I didn't fully understand um, the, the motives of, of um, cl- like cleaning and washing all of these corrupt agendas and ideologies like the trans, the LGBT stuff. You know, we had the gays, for, gays against Sharia marches mm-hmm. and, and we had all of these, like, you know, Tommy Robertson type rallies where they were, they had all these tranny, like trans people coming on in full get up. And, and it was like, this is all okay. And it's okay because Islam says it isn't. And I, and, I, and I could see that this was wrong. And I was like a lone voice in that. And I was being silenced even by my own movement because at the time I was in Britain first and they didn't like any of that. They didn't like me speaking about any of that. Um, but I didn't realize that all of that was going hand in hand. And it was an intentional bastardization of the right wing, as well as, you know, a, a general plan to replace us. Right. But uh-huh. it's also anyone who is against the replacement. What we'll do is we'll indoctrinate them to think that abortion, um, this transgender stuff, you know, just eat, like gay marriage, all of the stuff that goes against the values, the traditional values of this nation, will whitewash all of that under the banner of of, of this Zionist um, right wing. And so and the reason I'm, I'm saying this is because I want people to understand there are still people that I see online that are saying, yeah, but, you know, if Hamas didn't do this, if they released the hostages, and I don't like Hamas. I have chased terrorists through the streets of the United Kingdom, right? I've been to jail for chasing terrorists through the streets. Mm-hmm. I've had terrorists put in jail because of the, the the constant attention that I was giving these people and saying to the police, do something. I don't like Islamic terrorism. I don't like I don't like Islamists, right? I don't want Islam mm-hmm. in my country. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't go hand in hand. And what I'm saying to people is it's never too late to just step back, be humble and say, do you know what? I didn't realize. Maybe I got it wrong. Or maybe I just didn't realize. Maybe I believed what I was being fed by Rebel News and you know the Tommy the Tommy tribe. Yeah. Um, but it, it, at this point, when we've got like thirty thousand people dead, half of them are children. More than half of them are children. They're dro- they're dropping they're dropping illegal substances onto civilians. They're starving civilians to death. You know, if just because these people are brown and because they are Muslims. Have you? Are you? Are people actually going to lose their humanity to the point where they endorse that? And this, this is what I'm seeing. That this people that have followed me for 10, 15 years are disappointed that I am not cheerleading for a genocide of not just mm-hmm. Muslims but Christians as well. It's bizarre, mm-hmm. Darren. It's bizarre. Yeah, and it, and that's why I said in my introduction, I was actually surprised uh, when you come out in, in support or in favour, if you want to call it that, of the Gazans and say, no, nah, bombing children and women 
for no reason on what appears to be a false flag, obvious one as well, uh, can't, it's, it's inconscionable. I can't support that. Uh, it's the same with Nick Griffin, who I hope to have on my show again, probably towards the end of this month. He's the same, you know, and, and what is going to be the result of this, uh, what can only be described as a genocide? I use, you know, carpet bombing. All right, they might not be quite carpet bombing, but you could use that as a metaphor. Egypt right now are building a massive walled area outside in the the southern uh, just on the sinai in their border off the rafa exit uh, they're saying it's for uh aid like an industrial hub so they can get aid in and out etc of gaza but one suspects i suspect uh that this is going to be a holding area for when the israeli army go into rafa uh, and escort or force out uh, the remaining gazans who have all been congregated 1.5 million people in that rafa region i suspect they're all going to be going into egypt very soon and it's quite likely that they're going to end up here in the UK. And yet we've got people, the right-wingers, if you want to call them that, that are um, absolutely screaming for this to happen. Um, What do you think about that? Why? Very quickly, because we're going to a break in just a second. Um, Yeah, so again, I've given this analogy to people to try and explain this and try and get it. So imagine if um, Israel um, attacked um, the people in Scotland, let's just say people in Scotland uh, went into Israel and they carried out a terrorist attack. And then Israel said, OK, we're going to retaliate against the people of Scotland. And then and what they did was they said, in fact, we're going to retaliate, retaliate against the everybody in the United Kingdom. So everybody that's sort of north of 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 the Midlands, right, head south, just move down, move down to the south uh-huh. of England. Everybody from Scotland down, move down, move down, move down, because we are going to just obliterate it all. And then they move them down to the south of England. When they're down there, there's no resources, there's no food, no fuel, and then they start bombing and dropping acid. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. people wouldn't be so keen, but the, the whole immigration thing is another point. Where are they going to go? They're not. They're, they're, if we displace six million people, because they want the whole of Palestine, they don't just want Gaza. But even yeah. if they displace, we don't even know what's going on in the West Bank. Do we don't even hear about we'll what's going big. on in the West Bank. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, so, it's, um, and it, it doesn't make sense for a nationalist to support this. And just because just because someone, some talking head on the right wing is telling you to support it, you know, do your research. Please, people, do your research. This is not beneficial for anybody, not them, not us. I think I think the intention ultimately is to send them to Europe and here to the uk and to the usa and guess what that's gonna happen when they get here they're gonna absolutely bloody hate us because we did nothing in fact we supported the final destruction of their homeland and you know if you're an honest person you'd be like well i sort of can't blame them uh okay we're going to a quick break now uh jada and we'll probably pick up straight from here so uh to everyone who's listening please stay right with us here on tnt radio TNT's Bruce de Torres. How did that impact you, that, f- that first year of studying and realizing you, I presume, were seeing something that was not only unprecedented, if not unbelievable, but unbelievably harmful? What did that cause you to do? I realized, really from the very beginning of the pandemic, that this was all um, pushed by propaganda. This, this, was, this wasn't science. This wasn't medicine. This was propaganda that was being pushed by the mainstream media. It was pushed by public health authorities that I knew to be corrupt from my you know, legal battles uh, before the pandemic. Uh, these were very corrupt individuals who were pushing these pandemic measures. Uh, and really, it seems like all proper medicine and science was just being thrown out the window to push 
a certain agenda and certain pharmaceutical products on the population. World Stage and Bruce DeTorres on today's News Talk TNT. The Irish government is proposing a law known as the Hate Speech Bill that threatens free speech. This law could have dire consequences for our democracy. Next week, next month, next month, and then on to the next week. This law will have uncertain effects on artistic and musical expression. Please support us. It could stifle the activity of public campaigning on political and civil issues and also curtail speech relating to topics about religion, ethnicity, sex and gender. You could even be jailed for possessing documents, cartoons or memes on your devices, even if you never read them or intended on sharing them. Mere possession could make you a criminal under this law. Help stop this law. Visit www.freespeechireland.ie forward slash take action to bin the hate speech bill. Are we on the air? Am I on the air? You're on the air. On the air 24-7, your news talk giant, TNT. Welcome back to TNT Radio. You're here with me, Didi Denzel, on a Sunday episode of Digging Deeper. Uh, I'm here with Jada Franson, and we were just talking about immigration. Very quickly, a big shout out to everybody in the live chat. I see a Gold Eagle's in there. Mally Bites is in there. I owe you some messages back, Mally. I will be in touch later on today, I promise. Uh, little Carol, haven't seen you for a while. Elaine, Wild Heather, Buzz. Buzz might be coming on a camping trip with me, along with Mally. That's quite interesting. Uh, again, I will be in touch about that keep your questions coming in and your commentary coming in I, I will try to pass that on to my guests that i have with me today uh we were just talking about immigration uh as we sort of diverge into into uk politics why can't the freedom movement which has been massively divided by this and the right wing not see that the destruction of gaza and potentially the west bank and the and the elimination or the exodus uh to use a biblical term of the palestinians from Israel will result in them coming here. We hate immigration, bomb Gaza. Those two things don't really don't really fit together. Why can't they see it? Right wing. The freedom movement is a little bit more diverse because um, the freedom movement comes actually is made up of people from left wing, right wing. Uh -huh. It's it's a bit of a mishmash. But the right wing certainly there was an effort. There's been an effort that's been made to to um, prop up these talking heads and. and uh, Tommy Robinson is a prime example. This was this was the most prominent right wing figure that was used to push the Zionist agenda. And that's why we saw, like back in the day when the English Defence League was was the English and Israeli Defence League. I mean, you just couldn't write it. I mean, you actually, I mean, I don't know. It's crazy. But anyway, I, I was at these rallies. I, I and I held rallies myself where people were turning up with with um, these Israel flags and stuff, and they didn't know why and they didn't know where it was on a map or anything like that. But um, so it, it's an effort. It's you know, look. It's, it's a Zionist agenda that's been um, that's been played out over over a decade, and it's completely destroyed the right wing. and And because these people are so right, so because people are in fear, they live in fear, but they don't know what to do, and they don't want to do anything because they've seen people like me get put in jail, and they don't want to go to jail. And what they don't realize is they wouldn't have put me in jail. The state wouldn't have been able to put me in jail if everybody was saying what I was saying. Yes, if everybody was speaking out against mass immigration, if everyone was speaking out against the grooming gangs, I mean, I got put in jail for giving out a leaflet saying that there's four men that have gang raped a child and they're out on bail, which is 
crazy, right? And and uh -huh. some of these are illegal immigrants. So I got put in jail because I called them a naughty word. Yeah, I called them a nasty word. Um, and so if everybody just spoke out, if everybody cared, it, it wouldn't work like this. But I, I don't, I actually, I'm going to be really honest, right? I'm going to be blunt because why not? I think it's cowardice. That's what I think. I think it's cowardice. I think it's, I think it's total cowardice. I think it's, I don't want to say it because I might lose my job. I get this all the time. I can't use my own picture on, on, on Twitter or X because I might lose my job. Well, what happened when I lost my job? What happened when I lost my bank accounts? What happened when I lost my house? What happened when I lost my liberty and I was put in jail? Did I say, oh, I can't do that. I can't speak out. Let the girls get raped by the grooming gangs because I might lose something. You know, uh -huh. it's 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 just and it's honestly it's terrible. It's terrible to watch because a movement that's made up of predominantly men. And let me just say, I'm your biggest I'm your biggest fan, gents. Right? I I love I love white British men. <laughs> I'm your biggest cheerleader. So I'm not I'm not dumping on you, but you built this nation. You have to defend it. It's being destroyed. And so um, at the moment, the reason that there's this this weird disconnect in people's brains between not wanting us to send our taxes to fund foreign wars, NATO proxy wars and, and, and Zionist wars, um, not just not supporting killing innocent people, men, women and children, um, not potentially wanting to be have our sons and daughters conscripted to go and fight in another NATO war. Um, the reason there's that disconnect is because it's been it's been bashed into people for over a decade and those people are very prominent still in the media and on social media platforms like ours are restricted because of because of what we're saying and and if if we change the rhetoric tomorrow if i change the rhetoric on my say my twitter account x whatever it is account tomorrow and just started bashing muslims and just saying you know islam's bad muslims are bad grooming gang sharia cults look at this this is london if i did that bang uh, my my following would explode but um, yeah. I can't, I can't get, I can't grow my followers on social media because I'm calling out the Zionists. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, you know. I'm exactly the same. Uh, I've had, I've, I've noticed in the last week or so, I've been calling out the Zionists. I've been calling out Keir Starmer. We're going to go to him just a second because I have a question for you. And my um, engagement in impressions, things that I quite like as a bloke, white English bloke who likes numbers and stuff, uh, it's just been absolutely crushed. I stopped for a couple of days and my engagement goes up. I suspect that's something to do with Elon Musk. Musk's trip uh, to Auschwitz uh, and being lent on probably had a laptop moment from Netanyahu says yeah this is you yeah okay now you do as you're told and you know you can understand at that level um, when you've got a lot to lose and you've got somebody who will kill you if he wants to and nothing's going to happen um, he may well bow to that pressure I'm talking about uh, Elon Musk another person who might bow to pressure bring it back closer to home uh, and UK politics is Keir Starmer and my question is because there's loads of memes out there he's owned by the Islamists he's owned by the Muslims who owns uh, Keir Starmer a man married to a Zionist Jew who owns him? It, it, the Zionists own him. They're all Zionist owned. All of them. Every single one of them. And listen, another thing I want to point out. I see people. I had. A, I put something out online this morning. They were like, oh, the country. Suella Braverman is saying this country is run by Islamists. No, sweetheart. This country is being run by an unelected Hindu Indian. Yeah. And the men of the United Kingdom don't seem to care enough that a million, right? Well, millions of our men, millions of our men fought, bled, and died for us to live in this alleged democracy. Yet 
the Br the men of Britain are not kicking up any kind of fuss that we are we are being ruled over by a Zionist controlled WEF puppet who's an Indian Hindu and has never received any of our votes, never asked for any of our votes, doesn't care. Mm -hmm. We don't get a say. His his mm -hmm. the friends in his club elected him. And and the friends in his club will they've elected the last few. Right. The friends in his club will decide, you know, what's best for the public. Not us, obviously, what's best for them. It's just people don't care enough. Again, it goes back to the cowardice. People don't care enough. We are being we are being governed by foreign entities. I'm not just talking about foreigners in our lands, as in Rishi Sunak and Suella Braverman. But the right wing at the moment are all posting up memes of Suella Braverman. Oh, she would she would be the great next British prime minister. Now, how about we have. A British British Prime Minister. How about we have mm -hmm. somebody who because you can't serve two masters. And I remember seeing a video recently. And there was a there's a, a, a politician in America. I can't remember her name, but she she wears a hijab and she was giving a speech. I think she's from uh, I don't know if it's Sudan. I don't know. Anyway, she's 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 a Muslim and she was basically talking up and saying this is fantastic and you know and and, and she was basically saying look, look you know we're we're able to push these agendas through and everyone was like you can't do this she shouldn't have anyone with dual citizenship shouldn't hold a position of authority i agree with that i agree with that but it don't it doesn't have to be on paper we see where the allegiance of uh of Keir Starmer of Rishi Sunak of Boris Johnson and even even reform you know, reform are coming up. They've been created by the state so that people yep. have got something to support. And what are they uh -huh. doing? They're propping up Israel. They're propping up the Ukraine. They're supporting. They're mm -hmm. supporting a Ukraine war, which we've we've orchestrated. NATO, the the, the all the member states of NATO have orchestrated. It's killed six hundred thousand Ukrainians. And it's just, these are genocidal levels. These are, these are war criminals. And still, I see right wingers saying, "Bring back Boris." It's like, what's yeah. wrong with these people? I, I, that, I and that's how deep. The brainwashing goes, doesn't it? I mean, it goes really, really deep to a very, very sort of a base level. And it's very hard. I mean, even I, when I'm commenting on politics on social media, I'm sort of referring to the political system and I'm sort of almost playing part of the game. And I put a post out saying, you know, you mustn't support reform, they're controlled. And even that is sort of going along with these prevailing political and democratic narratives that we've always, always always being consumed by how do we break out of that how do we get away from that and how do we convince other people to do the same right well this is what the british freedom party is all about so i'll show you i've got some i have some stuff to wield at you right this was a leaflet okay. that we created one of many leaflets that we created during covid and we've given them out of the freedom rallies and just everywhere and um it's, it's got the stuff in there about the vaccine and all the rest of it right? it's, and, and saying who was who was running the show swab gates and all that um but on the back this is what really surprised people and again it kind of ties in with what you said at the start of the show being surprised about my stance on gaza People were coming up to me and saying, Jada, did you produce this? I said, yes, I did. I produced it, I funded it, and I'm handing them out. And they said, but it says on the back, black or white, left or right, they're coming for us all. Did you say yeah. that? I said, oh, remarkably, I did, because there are some issues that transcend everything else, right? And basically, the restriction of all of our liberties, the erosion of all of our freedoms, um, has to transcend everything else because if you if you can't leave your house, it doesn't matter if they're coming in on dinghies, if you can't, if you're not allowed to leave your house. Right. So that was the first thing. But what we're doing in terms of so we we believe in in taking actual steps, not just not just I think they call it black pilling, but I think I've got a boomer mentality, so don't quote me. But I think they call it black pilling these days, right? Not just telling people it's doom and gloom and there's gloom and there's nothing we can do. We come up with solutions and mm -hmm. and tangible, you know, things that we can help people with. So we've been running this campaign for uh, over a year now 
And basically, instead of we, at, we were standing in elections, we were contesting elections and we were telling people to spoil the ballot papers. And when we did that, the first time we tried it, we did it in South End West. And the result of doing that was um, all of the national newspapers the next day, they weren't writing about who won the by-election. They were saying there was a disproportionate number of ballot papers that were spoiled, right? And they didn't say it was the British Freedom Party and, and the candidate was Jada Franson. Of course, they're not going to do that. So they won't give any oxygen to my, to my party or, or our activities. But we know for a fact that it was us. We did a leaflet drop to 50,000 people in the area and there was a disproportionate number of ballot paper spoiled. So and people were saying, well, what's the point of that, spoiling the ballot paper? Well, you're removing yourself. You're still sort of taking part in the system, but you're removing yourself. The next step we said was, forget it. Don't spoil the ballot paper. Don't engage in their circus. Don't take part in their circus. So now when there's elections in this country, and we do this every election that's taking place, we get these distributed. We hand them out and we get them mailed out. And basically, there's a, there's a QR code that you can scan on the back, and it takes them into an area of our website where we give people actual ways that they can step out of the system, right? Now, these might sound like they're really small steps, like, oh, this isn't going to make a difference, but no one can do everything, but everyone can do something. So, for example, mm -hmm. one of the things that's on here is we give people step-by-step -step instructions on how to lawfully cancel their, B their TV license. Now, again, people might say, well, that's not going to change the world. Well, look... <laughs> It, it, we're not going to have a nationwide revolution because the country is so disjointed and it's being made disjointed for a reason. So we on, on ground level in small communities, we need to make steps. And this is what this is about is saying to people, we we've got we've already built a community and um, we're willing to help others do the same and come in, come in board or our community and help others. And that's how this works. And the way we do this is we explain to people how to step out of the system. And that is the only way that a revolution is going to be possible. We're not going to wake up one day and there'll be like a, a resistance because we don't have the, the, the structure for it. Um, well, I say that in Northern Ireland, there is a structure for it. Because we still have um, we have the, the the lodge, the orange lodges in 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 Northern Ireland. There's you could you could turn out hundred thousand men on the streets like that if needed. There are bands that march through the street. These people are dedicated. They're part of a movement. On the mainland, it's not the same. Um, we don't have that structure, and that, that's an intentional thing. Um, so we've been we've been giving those out. We've also got a publication that loads of people probably have seen because we were at all the freedom rallies with them. And we've we created a newspaper, we created magazines. It's called Freedom, right? And again, these are produced by the people, funded by the people, by us, different contributors. And the latest one is specifically about World War Three and the agenda behind it. You know, we, we know who's behind it, but not everybody does. And, and so we put that together, really, we put that together after what happened in October to try and get people to broaden their minds out of this anti-Islam only rhetoric uh, yeah, and look yeah. at why it's happening, you know? Uh, I mean, it, it, people won't, don't want to call out, you know, and I don't want to say the Jewish because I, I, I know some Jewish people now. Uh, I've, I've recorded conversations with them and they're as anti what's going on in, in the Middle East uh, as me and you are. So, you know, but why people are afraid to call out the Zionists, though, aren't they? They're, they are afraid to even be, you know, anti-Semitism to be called. That seems to be far more uh, um, of a stigma than uh, Islamophobia. Do you think that's correct? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. When the, and the irony of that is they're both Semitic peoples. In fact, the irony of it is the people that are currently calling themselves Jews. I mean, I, I won't go into it, but the, 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 from the biblical perspective, these people aren't they are not Jews. They are, they are not the people of Judah. Um, and in fact, Poland. none of them are. Yeah. Well, most of them from, from the Khazars are from the steppes of Russia. And so uh -huh. um, 
and so it, not only do they not have like an ethnic claim to that land, but Israel as a concept, as a people, as a biblical peoples um, who were who were covenant breakers, who were Christ rejectors. So they don't adhere to the Old Testament teachings anyway. Um, that's why they have the Talmud. Um, but but those people that are, are calling themselves Jews and saying that they've got this ancient claim to this land, um, they're not they're, they're, they're not only are they nothing to do with them ethnically, um, but also even biblically, there was only a very small portion of the tribes of Israel that were Jews. It was only a small portion. So, I mean, when I say a small portion, I mean, I have the 12 tribes, like 5%. So it, none of it makes any sense, but we've had this mass movement that's been built. And, um, and basically you, you, you cannot, you cannot make comment about um, Zionism. You can't, it, it, it's like one of those buzzwords. As soon as you say it, yeah. your reach is restricted on social media. You're called mm -hmm. an anti-Semite. These, these people, I mean, I love, I love throwing up a meme on, on Twitter and just it's having like an Arab facing a, a Jew, you know, and, and saying, but they're both Semitic, technically, right? if we're going to go down mm -hmm. that line, that they're both ethnically yeah. from that part of the world, then they're both Semitic. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, a nonsense, but it's a silencing technique. They used to do it with the word racist, Aaron. Remember, for, for donkey's years, we allowed, our, our establishment allowed girls to be groomed and raped because they didn't want to acknowledge the fact that the perpetrators were predominantly Pakistani Muslim. Because they didn't uh, want to be labelled racist, they allowed it to continue, and they blamed the victims and said, oh, you know, slappers, you know, heinous stuff. And so what I've been seeing in recent years is people stopping... They, they've stopped caring about being labelled racist, which is great because it was only ever designed to, to silence you and scare you. And I think that because of the disgusting, disgraceful behaviour of the Zionist um, occupied Palestine, calling itself Israel, the, the terror state of Israel, because of their disgusting behaviour, I actually think they're falling out of the, the world's good graces. And all of the sympathy that people had for them that's been battered into us for over the years is being undone. And I actually think people are starting to not care about being called anti-Semitic anymore because mm -hmm. um, it's a silencing technique. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I was never, I've never been worried about any of those labels about, you know, I've always been quite free with my speech. It doesn't always do me any good. Uh, it's, you know, that's why I ended up on TNT, uh, because of my free speech. That is a good thing. That is a good thing. Um, you mentioned the Third World War. Do you think that's imminent? Do you think that that's a part of like the end game for the Zionists? Uh, does that have a like messi messianic uh, uh taint to this agenda uh, very quickly third world war is it coming is it inevitable yeah it's coming uh, yeah it's coming we're, we're, i mean you could argue that we're already in it you could argue we're already in it because when you look at like the houthis that are blowing up british ships and what have you we shouldn't be in that territory at all israel are just desperate absolutely desperate to drag the west into world war three they want us to do the dirty work they want us to have their back they want they're, they're, they're encouraging us and they want a war they want us to like go into iran and then all hell breaks loose and and that's ultimately what they're after this has no biblical context in the sense that that, I mean, this this might be something that the Zionists or the dispensationists think that needs to be fulfilled, but it, it's nonsense. It's just this terror state of of imposters flexing because they've got illegal nuclear weapons. Nobody talks about Israel's illegal nuclear oh, weaponry. You know, they just, and they talk about Iran. Iran are going to get nuclear yeah. weapons. Uh, Israel yeah. have got them, and they've got the Samson option, which states if they get attacked, they're going to wipe out Europe. Even if it's not us that hit them, if they get attacked, they're just going to wipe us out just for the sake of it. Why not, eh? I mean, come on. Why aren't people talking about it? It's in, it's in the magazine, people. It's, I'm not trying to flog it. I'm just saying people need to know. <laughs> you know, the good thing of this is, right, it's tangible. You can hand it to someone 
and they can read it and then reread it when they think, what the heck did I just read? They can go back to it. There's a good poster in the middle as well. This is, it will upset all of them, every side. There you go. <laughs> um, oh, on that note, we're going to go to a break. But when we come back, Jada, let's have a look at, you know, what does a revolution actually mean? Is it something that we need externally? Or can we look inwards towards ourselves uh, and, and maybe not try to beat the system? You've already sort of implied that we actually need to leave the system. So uh, that's where we're going when we come back here after this break here on TNT Radio. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. There's an old Southern proverb here in the United States that the ones doing the accusing are usually the ones doing the doing. The bard put it a little more eloquently, methinks thou doth protest too much. But pretty much any time you see people smearing Donald Trump, for example, you can pretty much bet your bottom dollar that they're the ones that are guilty from everything of which they accuse him. Starting war, being a dictator on day one, all of the lies heaped upon Donald Trump, all the fear-mongering, all the panic they're trying to engender. We're, we have to save democracy. How exactly? By destroying democracy, by being totalitarian, by breaching civil rights? No. I'm sticking with Granny on the front porch. Those doing the accusing are usually those doing the doing. For MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for today's News Talk TNT. <laughs> My baby's back from the West Coast. <laughs> Hear those pictures that you asked for for your school project? First day of school, cute as a button. <laughs> <laughs> so long ago. Oh, here's Grandma Florence after that flood wiped out the whole neighborhood. Sometimes I just cannot believe all the storms we've gone through here. I can only hope that we'll be able to leave this house to you one day, baby. You're our legacy. Planning for these disasters will make sure we're safe. And it's the best way to protect that legacy. Ah, those <laughs> beans smell heavenly. Mm -hmm. Give Mama a little credit. You know what? We should make an emergency communication plan. That way we're ready this year. Oh, great idea. At my dorm, we have emergency kits for earthquakes and wildfires, but I'm sure there's something more local I can send you with the link. Okay. Smart. I'm coming to share with you guys. Protect your legacy. Plan for natural disasters today. Visit ready.gov forward slash plan. D.D. Denslow is digging deeper on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Welcome back to TNT Radio. You're here with me, D.D. Denslow. I'm talking to Jada Franson. Uh, we've just been talking about issues surrounding immigration, UK politics, and who owns our politicians. Um, there's been lots of commentary coming in on the live chat, as I expected. There's quite a lot of people who agree with you, and there's a few people who disagree with you. I'm not going to start shouting out names and maybe giving all... Elaine said that you are excellent, and I agree with, with Elaine that you have been excellent full of fire and brimstone uh, to match the color of your hair solutions um jada 
do we get out in the streets, get the football fans in, football, you know, the football lads involved, get all the big tough men, if there are any left here in the UK, and storm Parliament? Or should we really be looking inwards uh, and thinking about, you know, what can we do with regards to a revolution inside? Do we leave the system? Is that the best way to win if that's, if that's, if that's such an outcome, winning? Uh, what do we do? Yeah, What's think- the solutions? I think we need to do both. Um, I, in, in fact, we've got a campaign running at the moment um, to to basically distribute leaflets. There are a million men, fighting age men, that go and watch football every single week, week in, week out, go and watch football matches. They come together in num- thousands, tens of thousands. And sometimes they even scrap <laughs> because they're so passionate about the game. And um, we've got a campaign running at the moment. We want to. We're producing leaflets. We're, look, we're aiming to produce a hundred thousand leaflets to go to print next week, actually, um, to get to the football fans and say, "Use your power." You know that you're there's these are the men of Britain. These are the men that this this country belongs to. This nation belongs to you. So I do think that we need. We do need, you know, large on a large scale to try and pull people together and for people to use their power to to take the power away from the other side, from the enemy. And the way that you do that is not necessarily to go and storm parliament, um, but the way that you do it is you get people talking, you get people to actually engage in political discourse, even though this political agenda that we're living in now is we need to step out of. We need to sort of form up what what is it that we actually want? Like what where's where are our, what are our common goals? We're so. Um, we've, we live in such an isolationist era that we we really need to get back to our traditional Christian roots of this nation, where we weren't just doing this. Like I always say, nationalism, nationalism, true nationalism, is not about hatred of others. It's about a love for one's people and one's nation. So mm-hmm. I can see this. I see this straight away from people. I can tell when somebody is doing something because they genuinely love their people and their nation, and that is true nationalism. I can also tell when someone is just being hateful, and I see a lot of these you know, kind of Zogbot accounts on social media. Um, and and they, they are basically just full of hatred. And, and they're not doing this out of interest for their people. So we do need big numbers, but it absolutely has to be an inward thing. Now, obviously, as a Christian, I feel that that is the answer. That's the answer to everything, uh, Christianity. But there is also an argument that we don't have to, everyone doesn't have to become a Christian. They won't. If you're not part of God's elect, you won't. But this Christian nationalism or this Christian identity where we actually just get back to values that we used to hold and they worked. You know, 50 years ago, uh, people were able to leave their children in pushchairs outside their front door or outside shops for fresh air. 50 years ago, it's not that long ago, it's 50 years ago. Now, you wouldn't even dream of that. You wouldn't even leave your dog outside a shop these days because it'd be gone. Mm-hmm. And so it, these, this community-based cohesion is what we need. Um, but it's, that is an inward thing. I think what people, what I would say to start off with is do a bit of self-evaluation. What is it that you want? What is it you disagree with? What are your fears? What's important to you? If you've got children, is it more important that you don't rock the boat at their school by pulling them out of these trans education or is it more important that you preserve their delicate minds if you have grandchildren is it important to you that you you know don't get in trouble especially if you're retired or whatever but if you don't get in trouble at work um and, and you don't rock the boat financially or is it more important that you can look them in the eye and say i tried i tried to do something so, so that your future is better and you set an example I, I so it has to be an inward thing and but that starts with people opening their minds and unfortunately we are in an uphill battle because we've still got big money being plowed in two groups that I used to be involved with like I used to be involved in Britain first and they are now 
absolutely sponsored by that Zionist lobby, the, the Tommy Robinsons and the, and the Lawrence Fox types, all of that. If you look at their posts and like David Atherton, you look at these posts on social media, it's oh. insane. It's just Muslims, 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 Muslims. And like, I maybe I was doing that 10 years ago when people didn't know that there were like colonized parts of the UK, but there's no need for that now. There's no need for it. So we are... It, we're in a spiritual battle with these people as well. You know, it's, it's kind of good versus evil. Pick the right side. That's what I would say. Yeah. And uh, as we've already discussed, you know, I'm, I'm on the side of not bombing people. Um, we've got a general election coming up. Uh, you've got your, your, your leafleting campaigns. Uh, what do you suggest to people uh, what they should do when this election happens? And as far as I've got it on good authority from Andrew Bridgen himself, he told me it's going to be the 2nd of May. So we can expect an announcement for the election in maybe three weeks time, four weeks time, probably mid-March towards the end of March. What should people do? Should they go out and spoil their ballot? Should they not vote at all? Should they vote for reform or Lawrence Fox? What should they do? No, well, I would be surprised if it was that soon. And the reason I say that is these, Rishi Sunak is only occupying this position to set himself up for future roles. Even Liz Truss, who was a PM for like a fortnight, an unelected PM for about a fortnight, um, managed in that short space of time to declare herself a Zionist so that she secured all of her future speaking roles. So I'd be surprised if these, because the, these members of parliament will know that the jig's up, the Tories are imploding, it's terrible. Yeah, so I would so be surprised yeah. if they allow it to happen in May because these people are going to want to just scoff out of that trough for as long as they can and they'd rather push it uh, down to... So it might... I, I would be surprised if it's in May, but it might be. But what I would say, if it's in May or if it's in the autumn, which we've been promised by our unelected... Um, Prime Minister, is um, that personally, I would suggest you don't vote. Just remove yourself from the system. Certainly don't vote for these. These um, There's no point voting for any reform or any of these smaller groups, because if you haven't learned already, we saw this in 2015 in the general election when UKIP got four million votes. That's huge. Four million votes. And they got one seat as, as a result. And I remember I did a video saying they're only going to get one seat, you know, and everyone's like, you're just hating. <laughs> and I, and it, they got one seat. I was like, listen, but I, I don't revel in this. It's not right. We ha don't have proportional representation in this country. The election system, the electoral system is rigged. Reform has been created just as for like disgruntled Tories to apply pressure to the Tory party. Like, for example, the Wellingborough by-election that just took place, the Tories lost the seat. They lost the seat because 25, think about it, 25,000 Tories didn't vote. Labour uh won the seat and they only had a gain of 107 people. 107 more people voted than in 2019, 25,000 less. So they'll get that back in a heartbeat in a general election. But that gave the disgruntled Tories an opportunity to say, you boys better sort your act out. So you're playing into their hands if you get involved in it. They're feeding, they're giving us bread and circuses and they're keeping us distracted. Don't allow it. Just step out of it. And if you don't involve yourself in their circus, but you start taking actual steps, like we've been saying, like actual tangible steps to reject their, the system, reject the system. Now, some people say, stop paying your council tax. Well, I don't, we're not at that point yet, but the Tomorrow, BBC Matt. TV license, <laughs> well, I, I'd love for that to happen, but as a community, we're not at that because it would be you and I doing it, Darren, and no one else. Right? But, um, but what where we are is the, the TV license is a tax, and that's a tax that you can stop paying lawfully. And I can tell you how to do that. Right. And that's what we've done. Now, I know I'm going to be 
maintain this status as the enemy of the state for doing all this stuff. They were oh, I, the amount of grief I got when we launched that newspaper because it went crazy. But again, you have to evaluate what, what are you doing this for? Are you doing this? Do you believe in what you're doing, or do you just want to live as this oppressed, you know, freedomless entity? That's not me. I can't do that. Not for me. Do you, do you think people like their sort of relish and revel in their misery so that they can go on to Twitter and pour out their hate and go, look at this mean tweet I sent to Rishi Sunak. That's my bit for the resistance. Do you think, uh, I, I don't want anything to change. I don't want to have like this uh, harmonious society where I go on Twitter and I just see cat pictures every day uh, because then I've got no one to fight against and I've got no one to pour my hate onto. Do you think we sort of revel the fight and actually if there wasn't a fight to be had, people would be miserable yeah i think there's, there's a couple of aspects there's people need fear they they love the fear that's why they love the covid they love being told what to do uh, because also they yeah, can yeah. relinquish responsibility when they were being uh, told you have to stay in your houses they were like well that's what i've been told to do so i have to do it they love being told what, what to do they love it because they're like well it's not my fault so there's that aspect then there's the other aspect which is very sinister with social media is again people like to revel in their own misery but we've also got this this um weird thing that's happened to the men of britain i'm not just saying men men and women but the people of britain where there are like accounts on social media and i'm going to drop a name here <laughs> only because it happened recently but recently there's an account on social media there's a guy called steve laws who used to go and film the boats that down in dover and uh, he posts up on social media all the time saying we need to send them back we need to send them back they just need to go back talking about all the immigrants in the country everyone i mean he was, i see him saying to them you need to go back you just need to go back we need to send you back it's like, and then so what happens is, because that's a ridiculous thing to say, because it's never going to happen. You can't make that happen, right? And so, but people then like the tweet and go, yeah. And for them, that's a form of activism. So they feel uh -huh. like I've done my bit today because I've said, yeah, yeah, we need to send them back. You're doing nothing to, for that to happen. In fact, it's it's such a pathetic, childish thing to say because it, it, like there's no mechanism for that whatsoever. There isn't a way to vote in a right wing party. You're not going to get the Tories who are flooding the country with people to suddenly do a U-turn. You're not going to convince Labour. So in, short of an actual revolution, like a full blown revolution and civil unrest in the country, it ain't going to happen. But social media allows people to believe that they're making a difference by just uh -huh. liking. And, and it's just honestly, it's, it's like a, a cage. Of, isn't it? It's, it like, is. it's like a cage where all these people are who are potentially could overthrow the government tomorrow if you wanted to. You could just go out in the street and overthrow the government. Because that's millions of us. They've got nothing, there's nothing they could do apart from maybe yeah. start shooting and dropping bombs or whatever. Uh, but whilst we're in the social media and we're tweeting, we're not doing anything. And I'm sure the establishment are there watching all these people tweeting away about immigration or about the wars or COVID or the economy or whatever, politics, whatever it might be. And they're like, as long as they're tweeting or or as long as they're commenting on social media or complaining down the pub, uh, they're not out on the streets or doing anything else. Uh, and I, I do worry that, you know, Twitter in particular, it's just a trap. Yeah. Yeah. We know that social media has like corrupted people and, and people's attention span. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's really, it's the work of Satan. If you think about, this was one of the first things they did in COVID. They shut down the pubs. Why? Because they were about to implement full-blown <laughs> communism. And if they didn't shut down the pubs, if you look through history, revolutions are created by men that come together in a social element, right? Now, that used to be the church because the church used to be the, the thing that, that linked everybody together. Like, you couldn't, you would never get any sort of welfare or support from the state, from the community, the state at all, not even going that back that far, right? Like 70, 100 years 
you wouldn't even be considered if you weren't, if you didn't belong to a church. So it used to be the church. And then as we became a bit more uh, of a, a kind of godless society and people stopped going, and there's still millions of people going to church, but as th that that also went into the pubs and you've got like in Northern Ireland, you've got the lodge, the orange lodge and the, or, and, and the orange order and all of that. So what they did was the first thing they did was they said, shut the pubs because they knew we're about to implement full blown communism and we can't have fighting age men in pubs saying let's resist. Yeah, that's exactly what they did. Uh, and all good, all good revolutions in the UK, they started in the Southwest and we marched up through and on to the London. Just want to stick that in there, having a bit of a <laughs> revolutionary blood running through my veins. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, Jado. You've been a fantastic guest. I've uh, enjoyed talking to you and definitely we'll be inviting you back on uh, again in the near future. Quick, got about 20 seconds, finish on say something positive, something quickly positive. Just everybody spot. have a everybody have a blessed Lord's Day and let's all just come together, overthrow the government and create our own nationalist freedom fighting utopia. Uh, I couldn't agree anymore. Uh, and I will be right back in about a couple of seconds here on TNT Radio.